Hi, it's Jesse. Today on the show, the incredibly strong and talented Sarah Hyland. We'll talk about her love story with Wells Adams, why filming Modern Family was incredibly hard at moments, and her dad's DIY approach to keeping her East Village block safe when she was a kid. My dad, his nickname was the mayor of 7th Street because at night he used to actually like walk 7th Street between 1st and 2nd with a baseball bat. What? <laughs> yeah. You're going to want to stick around for this. Oh, what's that I hear? Is that the sound of a spicy margarita being made? Uh, I'll answer that question myself. It is. It's got all you need. Lime, agave, citrus salt, then, of course, tequila. Or if you're feeling smoky, mezcal. Today, I'm at Mexican restaurant Gracias Madre. It's just off Melrose in West Hollywood, just a block away from Lisa Vanderpump's Sir for any Bravo listeners. Gracias Madre is a place that I've been to before and love. It's plant-based and beloved in vegan and vegetarian circles, but you don't have to be an herbivore to appreciate it. This is Dinners on Me, and I'm your host, Jesse Tyler Ferguson. I chose today's spot for someone I consider a little spicy, yet oh-so-approachable. I know she also loves tacos and makes responsible nutrition choices. I mean, she makes vitamin-infused chocolates, for God's sake. Shout out to Source. So without further ado, you might know her from Pitch Perfect, Bumper in Berlin, The Wedding Year, or as my niece for 11 seasons on Modern Family, it's Sarah Hyland. I mean, hi. Oh, she's going to dance in. <laughs> Body rolls. Body rolls in. Well, what's the last time I saw you? I don't even remember. Was it your birthday? Um, no, Christmas. Christmas Eve. Oh, you came over for Christmas Eve. Christmas right. Eve. Yeah, yeah. Santa was great. Sa- that's right. Now I remember. And Santa was hitting on my mom. Shut up. Oh, yeah. Holy he was like, shirt balls. <laughs> I have all these photos of him, like, cozying up to my mom on the couch and, like, just with his arm around her. A Santa? You're not like, a boy. But also her face is kind of like, I know what you're doing. You know, like, she's like, enough is enough. So mommy did not want to kiss Santa Claus. No, mommy, I did not catch mommy kissing Santa Claus. No. But yeah, that was the last time. That's a long oh time God. ago. I know. That's what I'm saying. Have you Googled yourself recently? Oh, God, no. Why? Okay. I'm just asking because oh, I, I, no, gave, I gave an interview. Someone asked if I've given you any advice. And so, like, if you Google your name right now, this is the headline that will pop up. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Jesse Tyler Ferguson tells Sarah Hyland <laughs> to wait before having kids. <laughs> so I just want to go on the record by saying, I don't care if you want to have kids tomorrow. I'm, I'm pregnant not- right <laughs> now. Yeah, okay, good. good. <laughs> Breaking the news here, Breaking folks. Breaking the news. That's so funny, though. I love that. <laughs> I'm glad I got that off my chest. I, I was like, that's I the know, first thing. I know, it's probably worrying you. <laughs> but also, like, you're probably like, yes, I Google myself every day. Oh, my God, Thanks, Sarah, Goose. do you remember the year that I decided to get a spray tan right before the Emmys. Oh, yes, I remember. <laughs> Very well. Very well. <laughs> was it yeah. the same year that I got a spray tan It might have been. Emmys? It might have been. So I, I know I got one because I was wearing a white tuxedo jacket, mm-hmm. and I thought, okay, well, I'm very pale. Like, maybe just a little bit of color might help, yeah, you know? Yeah, just a pop. So it was, on, it was like a Thursday, and Stephanie, our makeup artist, the head of makeup <laughs> at, from Modern Family, said, oh, I'll do your spray tan. She comes in with her kit, does my tan, and... That night, I went to an event for, it was like a pre-Emmy event, 
do like the red carpet, you know, take photos with everyone. And then I see a photo of myself that a friend took. Like I took a photo with, I think, Nolan, actually. Uh-huh. I took a picture of my, my phone. And I was like, oh, let me look at it. And I see myself for the first time. And I look seven shades darker than I normally would. Did you wash it off before the event? No, so th- this was on a Thursday. Like I got the oh, spray tan on a Wednesday. The Emmys were on a sa- sa- oh, this Sunday. Was a so Friday. Like, okay, so this it was had a been Friday a day. Night. It had oh. been a day, or maybe even it was the night of. But I looked like <laughs> like I was <laughs> another race. Like I was like, <laughs> thank God by Sunday it all like faded. And I was, yeah, I was good to go. You but, were good to go for the Emmys, but maybe not mm, for the pre-Emmy parties. No, no, no. I miss no, going no, to no. those with you. I know. I mean, I was talking with Julie Bowen about this a little bit. Like especially at the beginning when the show was new, and we were like the new kids on the block and mm-hmm. like you know everyone was celebrating us and they were throwing a party for us like because they were so excited about the show and then like it all slowly Hello. went away hi how, how are, are you, you? Welcome, welcome no need to apologize my name is Daniela anything to start you two off while you browse the menu or? I would love an agua fresca yeah we have pineapple or watermelon I'm gonna do a watermelon please and I will have a spicy margarita please a tequila, please. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Um, that like love that we all got at the beginning mm-hmm. with you know going to those parties and just feeling that wave of support, and then you yeah. know we were lucky enough to have you know such a long run with it. But there was that time, and Julie and I were trying to figure out like, what that time was like when the support started going. So like, okay. Your time's up. Let's yeah. get out of, out of the pool. When uh, we didn't know how to exit the end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we talked about that, I am a big actually. fan, long-time listener yeah, yeah, yeah. of Dinners on Me, <laughs> so I know exactly what you talked about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, you know, it was like there was, that, there, was that, there was that turn. Thank you for listening, by the way. I mean, duh. You're one of my most favorite people in the entire Aww, world. Honey. So I like to support my frenzies. I absolutely listened to you and Wells recapping your wedding on his podcast. Oh. I was like, I want to hear what this was like what from, was it? from that side of things. Things. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Thank you. Ooh, look at that tahini. Spicy tequila margarita. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Do you know what you want? What's your favorite thing? I always like to ask that. Ooh, a couple things I yeah. love are tacos del mar. They're Ooh. Veggies, fish tacos. Mm. Coconut meat coated with garbanzo flour, pickled onions to die for. Oh, wow. Uh, the Oaxaca bowls are a classic bowl full of flavors, textures. Let's get some guac and chips. Guac and chips. Amazing. I love the Oaxaca bowl, please. Lovely. Thank Coming you. Coming up for you. And I'm going to have the tacos del mar. Yes. You, you got me. Do avocado on the tacos? Yes, please. Oh, man. I'm so excited. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm excited. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for you. For my tacos del mar. Cheers, babes. I, I, cheers. I love an agua fresca. Oh, I love a spicy marg. <laughs> Oh, I'm such a basic white bitch, but I really love a spicy marg. Oh, who does it? Okay, I have so many things I want to talk to you okay, about. Okay, let's talk. First of all, I was thinking today about how your childhood was like my dream. Because I, you know, I, I was raised in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh-huh. I dreamed of going to New York. I watched the Tony Awards every single year. I was like, that's, I didn't even know what New York was. Yeah. I was like, that's where I want to be. In your tiny little my, TV in the kitchen. Exactly. And yeah. I was like, I just want to go someday. And you were not only born in New York, but you were raised there. Yeah. By, I believe both your parents were actors, yeah. right? Your mom was yeah. an actress. Well, I know your mm-hmm. dad is. Yes. And is currently working in Harry Potter yes. on Broadway. Dumbledore. Dumbledore on Broadway. Um, but your mom was, was, is, is, was an actress? Is and, and is now, was then. Okay, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> Little time in between. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gotcha. And your brother was an actor. And like, what, like yeah. t- just talk to me about like not only like just 
growing up a, like a child actor in New York, but actually just living as a kid in that city. Yeah, it's it's wild, you know? I mean, it's always like grass is greener type of stuff. I grew up in like a 300 square foot apartment with a tub in the kitchen on the top of a five floor walk up with mice everywhere. Like I'm so grateful for it. And I loved every second of it growing up, but it, it definitely was like, I knew it was different, but yet I couldn't imagine a different type of childhood. Even when I was a child, like even in that present moment, you know, the East Village, I grew up on 7th between 1st and 2nd Street and the East Village in the (laughs) 90s, it was was not not what it is now. And it was very dangerous. My dad had, um, his nickname was the mayor of 7th Street because at night he used to actually like walk 7th Street between 1st and 2nd with a baseball bat. And (laughs) what? (laughs) Yeah. I cannot imagine him doing that. I know. Walk, walk up and down the street with a baseball tag. Just kind of like our own like street patrol type just of situation. sort of as situation. intimidation tactics? As an intimidation tactic. To, you know, like there was a lot of people on the street that had little kids and, Who's you out know. Out to protect them. Out to protect, you know, just like. He, but he was, it was my dad with a baseball bat. Love that. Yeah, and so everyone nicknamed him the mayor of 7th Street because that's what he did. So it was, it, it's, it's very wild thinking about my childhood, about how my parents had to literally like lift me up out of the foyer because he, there were needles there from overnight. Wow. So um, it, was, it was very, very dangerous growing up, but I didn't think of anything otherwise. Hello. Hello. Thank Ooh. you so much. Yummy, thank you. Thank you so much. You Get knew, ready you, for the ASMR chips. <laughs> Here we are. Um, <laughs> yeah. You started acting and making money when you were four? When I was four, yeah. And that was like what, voiceovers, commercials? I played Howard Stern's daughter in that private parts. That was at parts. seven, right? Well, that came out in 97, but when I shot it, I was four. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember, I remember what that was like? every single moment. I mean... Tell me about what you remember at, at age four and, and being a working actor in New York. It's it's strange. I think I'm one of the few people that remember way too much about my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked that you remember things that happened to you at four. Um, yeah, I mean, I remember the whole audition process because I had been begging my parents to let me audition and them being, you know, theater actors. They were like, no, you're going to face rejection and be poor for the rest of your life. You <laughs> don't want to be an actor. Trust me. And I was like, no, 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 I, I, this is me. And I poached my dad's audition. So he had an audition for private parts and then they saw me and they were like, oh my gosh, you have this long curly hair, you have to audition to play Howard's daughter. And I got it, my dad didn't. And so we're filming at JFK and it's really just me and uh, I can't remember the other little girl's name, but she was so sweet. She played my older sister. It's just like us running up to Howard Stern screaming, Daddy, Daddy. And like, that's it. And like walking away. It was the easiest gig for a Mm four-year-old. And um, so we're filming at JFK. My quote-unquote trailer was a conference room. Uh And they were like, hi, I'm so-and-so. I'm the PA. What do you want to eat? And I heard PA, and in my head, I thought personal assistant. (laughs) So I was like... Ooh, personal assistant, thank you so much. I get this entire conference room to myself. Look how fancy I am. I would like blimpies and chocolate-covered strawberries. Oh, no. Thank you so much with a Sprite. And and she was like, um, I'm not sure if there's a blimpies here, but I, I, I will see what I can do. And I will see what I can do about chocolate-covered strawberries at yeah. JFK. 
somehow they made it happen. Oh my and they gosh. brought me a, a turkey sandwich from Blimpies and chocolate covered strawberries. Yes. And I was like, this is the life. Oh my gosh, Sarah, by the way, PA stands for production assistant. Yes. Not your personal assistant. <laughs> Not yes. your personal assistant. <laughs> but as a four year old, I oh didn't know gosh. production assistant. My dad had been yeah. doing theater, so I didn't know the film television life. Right. And so I just thought personal assistant. And it was like the most glamorous thing in the world wow. to me. And I had so much fun. And Howard was just the kindest individual. And I just remember I thinking, like, you have the bluest eyes I've ever seen. Yeah. They're so pretty. Yeah. And then the next job that I got was playing Jennifer Aniston's daughter in Object of My Affection. And I had a honey wagon. <laughs> there was no blimpies or chocolate-covered strawberries. Uh-huh. And a honey wagon, just for, for people who yes, have sorry, never heard of sorry. this, is like... I, how would you describe it? It's like it's kind of like a sleeve of a room. A sleeve. <laughs> it's a sleeve of a room. A quarter sleeve yes. of a room. It's a it's a it's a it's a basically a, a trailer that's divided into like four three or four parts, yeah, maybe. I would say more like five or six. Five or six, okay, yeah, yeah. And so like you get your little segment of the of the trailer and sometimes it's a bathroom and it usually no. Or well in in the nineties the honey wagons you lifted up a cushion of the couch and it was that's a toilet. That's right. That's right. I remember the first time I yes. actually was in one that had a, a chair that converted to a toilet. I was like, this cannot be sanitary. This cannot be sanitary. And I just remember sitting on that when it was, you know, when it when was it not, was the couch. when it was the couch and feeling very uncomfortable that yes. underneath this cushion was just like blue, like yes. toilet water, you know. And who knows how many people have been in here, what from kind of urinal. people. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It was all very disturbing. Yeah. Uh, so that was a honey wagon. So, so you, it was a honey wagon. A bit of a, um, a, bit of a culture shock for me. <laughs> a demotion in the from the conference yes, room. Yes, exactly. From the chocolate-covered strawberries and conference room. And my mom was like, oh, thank goodness. She's not going to want to act anymore because she sees how life really is yeah. as a working actor. Yeah. But then I would, you know, I'd be doing my penmanship on on the side of the street because it was a nice day out and the honey wagon smelled like a bathroom because it was. Right. And Jennifer Aniston saw me and she was like, oh, honey, what are you doing? No, come into my trailer. Do your homework there. And my mom was like, gosh, Jennifer, I am trying to teach my daughter a lesson that it is not all glamour. And now you're inviting her into your Entire trailer with like a bed and a kitchen, oh. and it was like one of those massive trailers. And you know, she's Jennifer freaking Aniston at the and height of friends, right? At the, at like, like beginning height, like right. us, like essentially like Modern Family season two, okay, three yeah. kind of a big deal, big, big deal. So she had this massive trailer, and I would just do like Jennifer Aniston would help me with my penmanship and everything. And my mom was like, My goodness, my, my daughter's just like the luckiest one. <laughs> little girl ever that she keeps getting pulled into these places and okay I I always wonder this because I did not come from parents of uh, you know my parents were not in the entertainment business but I know several of my friends you know grew up with with parents who were playwrights and Mm -hmm. actors and um, what was it like for you growing up with parents who were you know successful? They were working, mm-hmm. um, but you know, I mean, you were sort of hitting it at a different level. It seems like even early on. Yeah. Do you know what that was like for your dad and for your mom to to sort of be shepherding you into this industry and have you doing so well? It was there complications with that. Um, my parents have always 
been so supportive other than them saying, no, don't become an actor. Right, right. <laughs> Once they realized that the, the train had left the station and they couldn't mm -hmm. stop it, they realized, you know, like, well, we have to support her now. And you were She's good on at this it. ride. Yeah. My dad, you know, he was doing Merchant of Venice in the Shakespeare Theater of Louisville and just yeah. kind of like really taking any job he could to put money on the table. So he would be in Colorado for six months at a time. And here I was, you know, on television shows and doing movies left and right. I, but I think that they were always just really proud of me and just always making sure that I wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think they ever resented me in any type of way. I think they just realized, you know, like, uh, I guess this is what our daughter's going to do with right. her life. We really hoped for her to be a doctor or a, or a lawyer or something. Sure, yeah. We want to make sure that she doesn't make any mistakes. I'm, I'm so grateful for how my parents raised me and, and, and navigated that me being in the industry and kind of doing things that they weren't even doing and had yeah. never done before. But, you know, I wasn't like a Dakota fanning. I, I, sure. I, like I was, I was just like kind of like a steady working actor yeah. from the age of four to 18. And yeah. when modern, when I booked Modern Family, that was like the big rocket to the moon kind right, of right. kind of thing. I think that honestly, because I came from a theater family and because I had essentially just played jewelry my entire life for 14 years yeah, 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 yeah. in TV shows and and even Broadway and things like that, it was it it really helped set me up for navigating modern family to the success that I was able to just personally, on a personal note, because it really could have gone sideways for me. I was 18, I was living in LA by myself. I could have become that club girl right. and things could have gone very differently. Sure. So I think because of the way that my parents raised me and navigated me within the industry and you know, like my mom was a wardrobe supervisor at some point. So like anytime I do a job, I hang up my wardrobe. It could be 5 a.m. in the morning after a crazy long night shoot. I'm hanging up my wardrobe yeah. because if everybody leaves their wardrobe on the ground right. in their trailer, right. there is someone that has to pick it up and hang it up themselves. And that two, three minutes of their time for every single actor adds so much Some time. So thoughtful. Wow. And so for me, that's, that's something that I always do. So I think they always just truly raised me to have respect for everybody, every single being right. on a production and hello fish tacos ooh yes thank you so much oh my goodness wow thank you thank you thank you so much sure oh, yes, please not? thank you thank you enjoy and now for a quick break but don't go away when I come back, I talk with Sarah about her health challenges while on the set of Modern Family and the incredible mental strength and work ethic that got her through it. Okay, be right back. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. The Anime Awards this year were amazing! And I'm still not over all of the amazing live musical performances. Honestly, same. The Anime Awards may be over, but our discussion is not. 
If, like us, you're still not over the Anime Award show and the results, join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. Listening each week to our breakdown of everything that happened at the 2024 Anime Awards and hear news on the other anime and pop culture that you care about. If you don't want to miss all the post-Anime Awards discussion, then tune in to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. And we're back with more Dinners on Me. I feel like... How like guacamole? That's so good. Isn't that great? This ain't fish. I know. That's crazy. I'm taking Wells here. Yo, he'll, we should he'll do a double it. date here. I'd love... Sit on the patio. I, Justin was just saying, he's like... I miss you, Justin so You have much. to tell Sarah I miss her. Which I... Man. I mean, I, I knew we'd be friends regardless because I love you and we have musical theater in common and we just... we. Yeah. Connected very on a very deep level mm-hmm. when we were doing Modern Family together, but definitely we both have to acknowledge one of the reasons we are so close mm-hmm. is because you love my husband so much. Oh yeah, my like, mouth is so full. <laughs> if we got divorced, I'm not fully confident that I would win you in the relationship. <laughs> I would straddle. I promise I'd straddle. The spread eagle, and that's what I would do. Yeah, 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 I would go yeah. full on Chicago for you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Um. It's so funny because in, in your episode with Julie, she was like, in a lineup, I don't know if I would have picked Justin. Mm-hmm. And I was listening and I was like, I would. <laughs> <laughs> because I used to date gay men and I'd be like, that one, I would want to date him. So I'm going to put him with Jesse. <laughs> I love that. I love, I love the gaydar. Um, oh, yeah. Speaking of, I mean, when I first started the show, obviously I was single, but you were, were you living with your boyfriend at the time? Um, no. So I remember it was either the day of or the day before your first date with Justin. Uh-huh. You're filming at Jay and Gloria's. Uh-huh. What it was, no idea. Okay. Um, but we were, fi- we were in the foyer of, of Jay and Gloria's and you come up to me and you're like, I have a date with a 23-year-old. <laughs> I was like, I have a date with a 23-year-old. Oh, oh no. my goodness. And we both had dates that weekend with like 23. That and is I, I was like hilarious. I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, these are the guys we're gonna marry. And I went on that one date and I was like, absolutely, absolutely not. No. I hope this worked out with the 23-year-old for Jesse, because oh it didn't work sure out for did. me. That's so funny you remember that. I do oh, not yeah. remember that at all, but that's hilarious. I, I absolutely will always accurate. remember that. I'm sure there was a piece of me that was like, okay, maybe this boy's too young for me if Sarah and I are both. Oh, I'm sure I'm sure I, I, I probably like accidentally freaked you out in that moment being like me too because even just hearing that in retrospect I'm like oh my gosh I have my heart palpitations <laughs> you know we've we've all vacationed together like I feel like we all it's it's mm-hmm. it, it doesn't feel like I'm the old man of the group even though not at all I am oh, please <laughs> my husband's older than your husband mm. so <laughs> that's true it's just a big hodgepodge of people it, we love it really really is okay so certainly at this time you know in, in your life your things are things are changing rapidly you, you have this steady work you have you're on a show that's a huge hit I so appreciate how you say you don't want to be defined by your health struggles yeah but this is also a time when you were having a lot of health struggles yeah. but at this point in your career you're going through not only like you know early 20s late teens which is such a tumultuous, weird time anyways, figuring out, you know, you're dating people, trying to figure out who who Mm -hmm. you want in a partner. And then on top of that, dealing with something that is not only putting you in a a tense amount of pain, but also changing the way you look Mm -hmm. in a a period when like you are 
on the hottest show on television. Let's just face it. It was like we were on a five five Emmys uh, in a row streak. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> but it's like all eyes were on us. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, can you talk a little bit about what that felt like? Also, I, I know you've had these conversations so many times with so many people. To have this conversation with someone who is in that space with you, um, I just hope that, you know, you know, I'm, I'm here to take care of you. And I don't want you to oh have, feel like I'm exploiting this moment of your life because it's something I know that was really hard for you to go through. Well, but yeah, what was that like for you? I, I mean, I, re I remember there was a day on set. Uh, I think I was in rejection on dialysis and I was in just an extreme amount of pain. And so I, w I just kind of like, they were like relighting something and there wasn't enough time to go back to my trailer. Um, but I also like could barely move. So I, I found a little corner. I sat in a chair in like Jay and Gloria's kitchen. Why are we always at Jay and Gloria's? We shot a lot of scenes <laughs> we there. We so much Anytime stuff. Anytime there's a family scene, we're almost always yes, at their house. Yes, yeah. exactly. And so, um, uh, and I was just kind of curled up into a ball and you came up to me and and, and and very lightly touched me on the uh -huh. shoulder. Because mm -hmm. I, I, I felt like everybody at that time thought, like, if I even breathe on her, she's going to break. And um, you were just like, can I get you anything? Is there anything you need? I'm here for you. And me being the, you know, oh, I'm independent and I'm so strong and I don't need anybody. I was like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Just, uh, I'm fine. Everything is going to be okay. And um, And it just, like... I just want to let you know, like, how appreciative I am for that. Because I know in the moment, I was probably very cold in, in, in that place. But it was also, like, a protective of, like, if I expel any energy and even energy of gratitude to a person that I love so dearly, that's going to take away from this trying to freeze myself in this moment so I don't feel any more pain than I already do. Yeah. So I want you to know that like anytime you did any of that, I was always so appreciative of it. I think what it goes back to is what you were talking about before is just that workhorse mentality that comes from my parents of, of you don't know when the next job is going to be and you always have to work hard and if you don't work hard and if you complain um you get the boot. Yeah. So for me, if I ignored how I felt, most definitely not healthy. Please don't do this <laughs> for anybody out there listening. This is just how I got through something. Yeah. If I ignored or tried to set aside my pain and just forge ahead, that that was the only way that I knew how and that was the only Honestly, that was the only way that I was going to be able to make it through anything was just you work and you just constantly work and you constantly distract yourself with work and, and that's it. For me, it's, I don't remember a lot of filming and because I was always focused on essentially just surviving and knowing my lines and being there 100% when they yelled action and then immediately collapsing when they yelled cut. Sure when Modern Family was hitting, and this was advice from either, mostly from friends of mine who had been through similar experiences, like mm -hmm. Sean Hayes and Will and Grace, or, um, yeah. you know, I was, I was friendly with Matthew Perry from, who was on Friends, because uh, my friend was dating him at the time. Mm -hmm. Almost all the advice I got was like, just remember every moment and really mm -hmm. take it all in. But there is that thing where it's like, 
you were not, you weren't, you literally weren't capable of it. You yeah. weren't, you had to self-preserve. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember a day when we were shooting and we were, it was, I don't remember the specifics of the scene and you might not remember it because I think you were in an intense amount of pain that day, but we were pushing a car. Oh my God, I remember that so much. I had gout. You had gout. I was on dialysis. I had gout. It was. That's right. You had gout. And I remember you were wearing wild. a high heel shoe. Yeah, they put me in high heels. That hadn't been established, by the way. Those heels had not been... I feel like I got cabbage on my nose. <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> For the listeners out there, I was rubbing my nose. You were rubbing your nose pretty it was, intensely. It was very intense. Uh, um, you do they not have cabbage. They had not established my outfit yet, and they insisted that I was wearing heels. And I, I legit... There are pictures on the internet of well, me, like, we were, we were in crutches. that day. Yeah. I, yeah. Had, I had gout, because they had put me... I was retaining so much water, they put me on, like water pills or what, mm-hmm. whatever it was and, and, and because I was put on that I got gout in my foot and it was the most excruciating pain. so vividly. Again, I don't remember, I don't, I remember the scene because I think I was so concerned about you. There was, there was something on the windshield mm-hmm. and I was trying to rip it off and I was pushing it. We and pushing you were pushing a car. And you, yeah, because you were up there. There was someone up the sunroof Okay, see, I don't remember any of that. Uh, there's, there's something. I'll have to go to the tape. Thank God we recorded Let's roll it. the tape, people. <laughs> on Instagram, play the clip. There are so few industries, I feel, where like people are expected to work through illness like that. And yes. I do feel like the entertainment business, especially if you're in front of camera, you know, if they can't especially. write you off for like three months while, or four months while you go through this thing, yeah. like you kind of have to show up. I hope you 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 hear this praise and like just just know it's coming from such a place of love. But I know and I know Julie's throwing this praise at you as well. But I just remember how strong you were during that time, and it's like, how is this little munchkin <laughs> doing this? You got such superpower. We were we were filming a whole episode at um, Lake Tahoe where we were oh, on a yeah, we were on a lake sad. boat, and you were in the middle of dialysis, and you were after shooting, you would get driven. Like three, uh, four, three hours. four hours to, to <laughs> yeah. Reno, was it? To Reno. To do dialysis yeah. and then come back to, to work the next day. Yeah. I mean, these were the things that were going on in your life. And then on top of that, to also be, you know, the starlet of this, of this huge show and to have all these eyes on you. I just, your strength still to even like in retrospect, as I, as I, as I zoom out and, you know, the show is four or five years behind us now. It's just Whoa. it's 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 been a while. Pan- the weird. pandemic really yeah, 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 yeah. messed with our timeline, but it really just it's it astonishes me, and it also just it it makes me um, wonder why I can't have more strength in myself sometimes. Oh, Jesse, because you truly you're such a superhuman. Truly, truly. I love you. Thank you so much. I love you so much, and I think I think I really needed to hear that. Oh. I, I do, because I, you know it's that workhorse thing of yeah, yeah. you just keep doing it, and and then you forget and you don't right. look back about like oh look what I have accomplished, yeah, look what yeah. I've done, and I do know that my strength is something that I I am very proud of. Yeah. Hello, Hi. Hi. Did I interrupt you okay. Not at all. Do you want to check in? It's absolutely delicious. I can't believe this is not fish. I know, right? What the essence, but then the, the like. What what is it exactly if it's not fish? Yes, coconut yes, meat. please. Coconut meat coated with garbanzo yes. flour <laughs> has our pickled onions, our ginger cilantro crema. It just feels mm. like that baja ensenada essence. It's perfection. Yeah. It so really, really is. Guilt, so it's amazing. Do you want to double check? Are we doing good on drinks? Do we want refill? Watermelon agua fresca. Right away. Do you want another margarita? Okay? I'm okay right now. Thank you okay, so much. Cool. I'll be back with that. Thank you. Thank you. So also, 
you know, what something insane happened during this time when you were going through probably the hardest part of your chronic illness. You were going into your second kidney transplant that your brother yes. was, was giving you. Donovan. So Donovan was giving you, you know, his kidney. And right before all this happened, mm-hmm. you and your now husband, Wells, started to talk to one another. Date. Started to date. Wild. What were we thinking? <laughs> I mean, I remember when you started talking about him and you would come into work. In Tahoe. That's right. In Tahoe. Yeah, when you were on dialysis. Yeah. What was it like opening yourself up to love and to, or not even, I mean, listen, at that point, you know, you're just like, oh, it's another guy I'm going to maybe go on a date with. We'll see where it goes. But mm-hmm. like, it is, you know, it's it's a very, it's a very vulnerable place that you have to put yourself into mm-hmm. when you meet anyone new. Yeah. And you were in such a vulnerable state. Yeah. As just, you know, just as a physical human being. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I know firsthand because I, I lived through it, but talk to me about like what that was like to sort of bring Wells into your life at that point. Yeah, it was so, it just kind of goes to show that as much of a, a detached queen as I am, I'm like, whatever, it'll work out. Such a Sagittarius move, to be <laughs> honest. I told you guys about him for the first time in Tahoe, but we had been talking for a little bit at that point. But Tahoe came around and Taylor Swift came out with Reputation. <laughs> <laughs> And Justin and I were dancing our asses off on the uh, on the That's pier. That's right. Justin came to Tahoe with us. And uh, I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell Justin and Justin I'm gonna tell Justin and Justin about Wells. And then um, of course, like Justin and Wells being the Portuguese kings that they are, yes. I, he was like, uh, he's hot. Yeah. And um, and yeah, I don't. I just was. I was just open to it. Yeah. I I could tell he was a really good guy and we were texting and and sending voice memos like nonstop to each other and then like getting on f- then like it it graduated to the phone calls and uh so millennial it's absolutely ridiculous and um you know he was opening up a lot to me about like very personal things and i was just like man like being on the bachelorette just really did a, a, a boot it's like he went to a Boot camp for love. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So to back up a little bit. Yes. You, so sorry. You, Wells for those who was don't know. <laughs> Wells was a contestant on The Bachelorette. Yes. Um, and you were watching that season. I was. And you were. Do you do you did you tweet something about him? I tweeted. He was on the Men Tell All, and he made a reference to not only Harry Potter but Lord of the Flies. The men, I, I'm not a huge bachelor or bachelorette. <laughs> Men Tell All is like a reunion type. Okay, of Okay. Gotcha. 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 And there's Bachelor Nation and that Bachelor Nation, which I'm. A, Part of. <laughs> what is Bachelor Nation? Just the culture around? It's like around? the fan base. Gotcha. Okay. I'm or, with you now. or either fan base or like people that have been on the show in Bachelor. Okay. I don't okay. know. Okay. It's I'm like a small community. Of very small people, community. Yes. Yes. I think okay. it's rather large. It was actually very it's large. Actually very large. I'm the one person who doesn't know about what Bachelor I mean, Nation is. Hey, you love Wells. You're a part of Bachelor Nation. I do. Yeah, Honor so, remember. so I like tweeted about him and he slid into my DMs and then we stopped talking and then a year later um, uh, I was single again and and we actually started talking and he asked mm-hmm. me out and I was like, yeah, sure. And he was like, wait, really, what? Wow. <laughs> I, whoa, did not think that this was going to happen because he lived in Nashville at the time. So, um, right. so it would have been long distance. And I think that's the really great thing about our relationship is that not only did we start long distance, but we started just on the phone, uh, mm. like 
almost like a modern day love letters yeah, yeah, yeah. to each other, like off at war, like I miss you dearly, <laughs> please stay alive for me. And um, uh, and yeah, we really, really got to know each other before we even were physically in the same room. Right. Um, so I felt very safe and comfortable with him, but um, obviously not enough to tell him what was going on medically in my life. And then by the time that I realized, you know, like, oh, man, like I really, I could, I think I could probably marry this guy. Like really? he is like so, meeting him. I, yeah, I was just like, this is like such a strong connection and I have such an amazing feeling about this. I'm going to put this out there because I'm not going to start dating him when I'm in recovery. Like, absolutely not. Um, I've been through this before and I know how hard it is when you're recovering. Like, that's not going to happen. So I just kind of threw it out there, and I was like, hey, I'm having something happen next week, and it's going to take me out of commission for the next couple months, so I, you should come to L.A. like within the next week, or else I don't think that this can continue. And he did, and we had our first date at the night before the Emmys party, and that's when I told him that I was on dialysis, and the, that was on a Saturday, and that next Tuesday, that Saturday night before the Emmys party, our first date. The next day was the Emmys, mm -hmm. our second date after that. Monday, we had work on Modern Family, and Tuesday, I had my transplant. And so I told him at the night before the Emmys party, and he made a joke because it's Wells, and if he's uncomfortable, he makes a joke. And he was like, oh, can your brother ask for that back? Ha, ha, ha. And I was like, no, he can't. It doesn't work that way. And he was like, oh, oh, okay. And he like saw like my like my really, really yeah. serious side for the first time. And he was like, oh, this is like really, like this is really serious. And did he, he was like, that's that amazing. Already, did he know that you had already been through a kidney transplant before? I don't, I don't, I actually have never asked him that. Because yeah. um, he was a fan of the show. Right. It's actually, he like, um, I guess like it was like in the first few years of modern and he was watching it with his buddies and he turned around to his friends and was like, girl that plays Haley's hot, but like, am I allowed to say that? Is that okay? Yeah, because he thought you were like... <laughs> he thought I was like a, like yeah, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. child. <laughs> and so he, he said he like looked it up and was like, oh, she's 19. It's 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 safe. It's safe cool. to yeah. say that she's really hot. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So like, I don't know if he actually knew I'd been through one before or not, but... But so he, so you went into surgery like right after meeting him basically yeah and then like what happened like well, describe those days after did he stay he stayed in LA right no he he went back to Nashville okay. after the Emmys he was there that weekend for the dog hero award show that okay. he presented at. right <laughs> um and uh yeah he we just I was in the hospital on a crazy amount of drugs um what i like to call greenlit and i was facetiming him lord knows what i said <laughs> oh my God. but i was facetiming wells in the hospital i remember he had like the iheart music awards in vegas or something like that because uh -huh. he worked for iheart at the time as, a, as a, D, a radio dj and um so he was there and he was like on this bus with all of these people from the bachelor that like i knew from watching from television sure. i am in the hospital bed just like essentially just high off my ass. And I'm like, oh my God, it's Ben the Bachelor. I met you one time. And then like, <laughs> I was just, and, and like he put up with that and he was just so wonderful and kind and I'd fall asleep on the phone with him and he'd be like, okay, I'm, I'm going to text you to know that you fell asleep on the phone just so you know. And um, it was great. And then he would just come out once a week once I was able to see people in person after I got out of the hospital and, 
and that's how we really started our relationship. It was it was wild and crazy, but yeah. I think I needed that. We'll be right back, but don't go away. Next, we'll talk about Wells and Sarah's wedding, which I officiated. Thank you very much. Okay, be right back. You may have heard of the podcast Juicy Scoop. Wondered what it is? Why aren't you listening? Well, I'm its host. Created it, been doing it for seven years. I'm Heather McDonald of Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald. Now, I could tell you why you should be listening to my show, but my listeners wanted to write the ad for me, and here are some of the things they said. Not your regular Juicy podcast. Catch up on all the juicy topics from Hollywood and pop culture to true crime and beyond. Heather McDonald's Juicy Scoop always has great guests, great laughs, and great gossip. It's a comedian's take on the hottest headlines. Juicy Scoop is the pop culture news you want to hear. No BS, no filter, no filler. Raw, real, and in the moment. Throw in the hilarity of amazing comedians that you'll instantly be obsessed with, a juicy crime story, and a dash of normal life in L.A. moments, and you've got yourself an amazing week of Juicy Scoop. Two episodes every week, every Tuesday and Thursday. It will never let you down. Warning, this podcast contains juicy tales of a super dysfunctional family. Brothers betraying brothers, friends becoming enemies, and a mother trying her best to keep everything from falling apart. No, this isn't a reality TV rewatch. I'm Dan Jones, your host, and this is one of my all-time favourite true stories. Join me on a trip to the Middle Ages to meet history's most dangerous dynasty the Plantagenets. This season, the plots are thicker, the ambitions greater, and the betrayals are even more devious in the epic saga of the family that shaped our world. From something else in Sony Music Entertainment, this is History, a dynasty to die for, season two. Listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back with more Dinners on Me. I mean, to meet someone, obviously, the highs and lows that happened at that time for, for you are just always so astonishing to me. <laughs> I mean, and it's literally encapsulated in that weekend. Oh, yeah. You Not only do you meet a guy who you really like, you go to the Emmys. I think we, did we win that year? Or was it was that, our first time oh, losing. Oh, I'm sorry. It was the time we got lost. Oh, okay. So far, but still. You first know, time. Yeah, first time. It was a low, but then it was a high but of being high. like, what a champagne problem to yeah, have yeah, that truly. we don't know how to exit the Emmys. <laughs> to test a relationship at such an early, like, I mean, infancy. Infancy. Yeah. It's, 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 it's remarkable, first of all, that it survived. Yeah. Um, and that you guys are such a great couple. And it certainly was something that, here's like a little, like, fly on the wall if you ever wished you were at Sarah and Wallace's wedding. But, like, there was just this general feeling that whole weekend of like, okay, these two people were, were meant to be together. And, you know, you had gone through so much to get to that day. Yeah. For those who don't know, I did officiate the wedding. As, it was as the a, most amazing thing ever. <laughs> as Honestly, I was, uh, yeah. the world works in mysterious ways because I can't imagine you not now. Yeah. And I think Wells, for those that don't know, Wells and I had planned to have Ty marry us. Yes. Both of us thought that it was an amazing homage to modern in a way that, you know, Phil married Haley and then Ty could marry me. I think and it was a great idea. We were like, oh my gosh. And then 
obviously he told us 10 days before emergencies happen. And so then Wells and I had a discussion and immediately called you because we were like, if, if he can do this, we need to, yeah. we need to tell him now. Yeah. And we're just so grateful because it was, you were absolute perfection. Aww. You were Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> but like, being able to do that was, first of all, such an honor, but then also I got to be a part of like these really intimate moments. Like I got to be at that dinner that yeah, you all had, dinner. the rehearsal dinner. And um, there was such a theme of like, you know, your brother standing up. I remember there was not a dry oh eye in that room after yeah. Donovan stood up and talked about his deep love for Wells and his deep love for you. And just knowing that you are on this planet because of the sacrifice that he made mm-hmm. and knowing that there was such a deep connection between you two. I mean, it was just, it was so overwhelming and there was just so much love in that room. And um, I was truly honored to be be part of that that whole weekend. You know, we were obviously all so relieved because it had been a wedding that we all knew was on the books for what, at that point, two and a half years? Yeah. I mean, not to go back to modern, but, you know, we ended, we went into the pandemic. We, for me, I was like, it's not going to be before the pandemic happened. I was like, it's not going to be hard for me. Like, everyone was like, I was crying, but I was like, it's fine. Yeah. It's going to hit me in August yeah, yeah, yeah. when we're not coming back to the show. But then we're all coming together in August for my wedding anyway. Mm. So, like, whatever. Yeah. We're all going to see each other in August. Like, so just queen of denial over there. And, like, it was pushed for a a very, very, very long time. But I enjoyed every single second of it. And I was able to actually be very present, which I was very grateful for. Yeah. No, I could tell. I could tell that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's so good to see you. I miss you so much. I miss so you much. so much. Justin definitely, like, we have to do a double date because he's, like, I, when, I, when he knew I was coming, he, he almost came, by the way. But Why? I know. What the hell? He's not feeling great. We, so we went to Mexico City, and he brought back a little bit of a bug. A little bit of a bug. But he oh, sends his love, boy. and he misses you so much. I would love to do a double date soon. I would love to. Um, I'm probably just going to have to do a triple date with you guys because Wells leaves on Sunday for... B.I.P. Bachelor in Paradise. Oh, all right. Okay, well. Meh. Fine, we'll just do it without him. Yeah, we'll just do it without him. <laughs> Whatever. Aww. My husband don't need to be a part of it. You know what? When the cat's away. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't. When the cat's away, the mouse will probably just go to bed early and, you know, just like and, get and, some, organize know, some drawers. Organize some drawers. <laughs> That's what I always say to Jess. I was like, take my dream bites, all of my well, melatonin the, chocolate. When the cat's away, the mouse will probably clean out the fridge. It's just really wanted to clean out that fridge. <laughs> I was really hoping you were going to drop something this episode and go, oh my earring. Oh, I know. It's happened twice already. I know. But no, I can't. I can't. Oh, I can't manifest. It has to just happen. I know. I almost did it. <sighs> My earring. <laughs> Thank you. That's all I wanted. I cackled like a crazy witch in my car when I heard that. And I was like, no one else is going to get it. Uh, but I love you. I love you. Thank Thanks. you so much for having me. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? You were like on, on the top of the and list. And dinner is. Dinner's on me. Don't uh, worry about it. Dinner's on me. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. 
So Sarah is probably one of the cast members from Modern Family that I see the most, but normally it's a double date or a larger group, so it was so nice to have some one-on-one time with her. I was absolutely fascinated by her early years in New York City, having two working actresses' parents, a small railroad apartment with a bathtub in the kitchen. I, I mean, no wonder they're all so close. I think there's a resilience that she learned through osmosis, just seeing her parents work so hard to put food on the table. I mean, it's why she's such a hard worker, even when her body failed her. And I know she doesn't want to be defined by chronic illness, but I find how she's been able to persevere despite these hardships incredibly inspiring. Next time on Dinners on Me, Chef Marcus Samuelson. We'll get into his jaw-dropping story of finding his birth father in Ethiopia and how a conversation with his mom made him change his whole approach to cooking. Listen to even more episodes of Dinners on Me on Amazon Music. And if you don't want to wait until next week to listen, you can download that episode right now by subscribing to Dinners on Me Plus. As a subscriber, you not only get access to new episodes one week early, you'll also be able to listen to them completely ad-free. Just click Try Free at the top of the Dinners on Me show page on Apple Podcasts to start your free trial today. Dinners on Me is a production of Neon Hum Media, Sony Music Entertainment, and A Kid Named Beckett Productions. It's hosted by yours truly. It's executive produced by me and Jonathan Hirsch. Our showrunner is Joanna Clay. Chloe Chobel is our associate producer. Sam Baer engineered this episode. Hans Dale Shee composed our theme music. Our head of production is Sammy Allison. Special thanks to Alexis Martinez and Justin Makita. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Join me next week.